Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, we have the privilege of talking to John Schneider, who is a legendary actor from my favorite TV show as a kid called The Dukes of Hazard. Just a good old boy. Bo Duke people, you guys, this man was so much fun to talk to. I just wish we'd have had more time to talk with him, Kevin, because he has a million stories that he could have shared with us. Folks, imagine being just 18 years old when you get cast to play Bo Duke on the iconic TV show, The Dukes of Hazard. Your new show on CBS then becomes a major hit and eventually the number two watch show on television after Dallas. Then your life changes forever. How would you handle that type of pressure? How would you handle that audition? John's story about auditioning for the Dukes of Hazard role is absolutely hilarious. And how about all the fans who come up to John and tell him about the time they wrecked their car trying to jump the train tracks like he did yes. in the General Lee? Yes. You guys, you'll hear all these stories and more in the very fun conversation we have with John Schneider. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Russell & Associates. This financial services firm in New Albany, Ohio, specializes in retirement planning and asset management. Check out their website at russellandcompany.com. There you can download your free copy of the Just In Case book that will help prepare you for your future. Thank you, Russell & Associates, for being a proud sponsor of Tell Us a Good Story. So, Steph, before we get to this interview with John Schneider, I think it would be fun to give listeners some behind-the-scenes stuff that kind of led up to this conversation. Okay. So folks, when we get guests on here to talk to, whether it's someone with a high profile or someone who's just a close friend of ours, you have to act like you've done this before. (laughs) You have to stay calm when you meet this person because it is is weird when you have a conversation with, say, Dog the Bounty Hunter or Jim Trestle or Ice from American Gladiators or whomever, right? We've been very blessed to have these conversations and it's it's very surreal when they know our names. Uh, Yeah, it is. It's very surreal. However, playing it cool is not necessarily Steph's strong suit. It's not my wheelhouse. (laughs) Nope. So as John joined us on the Zoom call, I hit record, (laughs) and here is what happened when we were just introducing ourselves and trying to say hello to John before we started this conversation. Can you see us? There there you you are! Oh my goodness! We're so excited! Well, thank you! Wow! (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I should call you Mr. Schneider, just John Schneider. Oh my gosh. I don't know how to call, how to address you. Could have just John. John. Just, just John is fine. Oh my how gosh. How are you? What a wonderful way to start a, a conversation. Thank oh you. Oh my gosh. All, thank John. you for this. Oh my gosh. Nobody has done that since really? Tiger Beat magazine. <laughs> We are so excited. I should warn you, John, about my wife's enthusiasm here. So uh, I think uh, I don't think you have to warn me. I don't think you have to warn me. I think it's wonderful. I think it's fantastic, and I appreciate every little every little giggle you just emitted. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Way to play it cool. Uh, I just got so excited. Like you think a 
got it. It's Bo Duke. So. And that is what I love about you. Mm. You cannot act. <gasps> no. You're not a good actor. I'm really not. Right? So. No, in fact, one time when we were trying to record and we had to record for like a TV or something, you kept giving me lines and I kept messing up terribly. It was awful. And you're like, Stephanie, just be natural. And I'm like, like I was a robot. It was awful. But what you just heard, folks, that is Stephanie in real life, right? So she is not acting in any way at all. I was excited. But I was excited too. Mm -hmm. This was a very cool moment for me because growing up, me and my childhood friend, Derek Roberts, who I'm still very close with today, we were huge Dukes of Hazzard fans Mm -hmm. growing up in the the early 80s as, as kids. And so here's how big of a fan my buddy Derek is. He has five kids. Yep. One of them he named Luke. His brother named their child Bo. <laughs> Bo and Luke because of the Dukes of Hazard, right? <laughs> then they tried to convince their sister to, or whenever she would have a baby, that she would name her daughter Daisy. Perfect. And she's like, listen, guys, I'm not even married yet. Let's not put the cart before the horse here. Yeah. Right? So they're that big of a fan. So this was a very cool moment for me. I remember I was in the office and I gasped when I got an email back from John's PR agent. Well, I remember you gasped and you're like, Stephanie, you're not going to believe this. And you are like <laughs> freaking out. And I'm I was like, shocked. You're like, guess who just said yes to us? And I'm like, who? John Schneider. And I'm like, who? You're like, who's like, that? I have no clue who John Schneider is. She's like, yes, you do. I'm like, no, seriously, I don't know who that is. I'm like, do you know this name? Bo Duke. And I'm like, no. And immediately... And Obviously, yes, I know who that a is. A few weeks leading up to this conversation, a lot of people, like normal, will ask us, hey, who do you have coming up? Who are you getting ready to talk to? And at that time, it was John Schneider. And it was very consistent. It was. Most people, especially our age, they'd be like, oh, that name, that sounds familiar. How do I know that name? And then you'd say the name Bo Duke, and immediately, boom, the men would say, oh my gosh, I was huge fans of the Dukes of Hazard when I was a kid. And then what would all the women say? Oh, wait. They see the blonde one, the cute one. And I'm like, yep. They all had a crush on him. And without exception, oh my gosh, I had a crush on him when I was a kid. And what was the reaction you got from one of your coworkers? Oh my gosh. So I went to work and sometimes the girls will ask me, you know, who's coming up? And I'm like, do you guys know John Schneider? And Sherry, my coworker, was like, uh, yes. I wrote him fan letters and I'm still upset with him because he did not write me a letter back and tell me he loved me and wanted to marry me like I asked him in my letter. And I'm like, Sherry, you did not ask him to marry you. She's like, yes, I did. And I'm still hurt. And you can let him know that. (laughs) Which which we did not. We did not. not Honestly, I would have if we gotten to it, but we had like a 30 minute crunch and we had other things to talk about. Yeah, we had less than 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately with John, he had a tight schedule that day, but he was fantastic. He was one of those people that I had on my list, it would just be just a long shot to get them to say yes to us, right? And thank God his PR agent, who's in Nashville, Tennessee, said, hey, I think this would be a great fit. John would love to be on Tell Us a Good Story. And oh my gosh, he was better than advertised. Oh, he was the nicest he was so nice. man. Yes. Like just kept talking to us. I wish we would have had more time with him. Unfortunately, like you said, he had meetings to go to. Yes. But he was just the nicest man to he us. He absolutely was. So friends, hope you enjoy this conversation with John Schneider. Bo Duke. 
Steph, what's most important to you when it comes to building a new home? Okay. I want a builder who's an expert in what they do, is going to be honest with me, and cares about even the smallest of details. Well, thankfully, we know just the builder. You know it. It's Jay and Connie Luby with Luby Companies. Friends, don't just take our word for it. Go check out their website at lubycompanies.com. That's L-U-E-B-B-E companies.com. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. Oh my gosh. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Okay. I was nervous about you because this next guest is like your, I don't know. This brings you back as a kid. Yes. But then I was like, no, I'm going to be the cool one. I'm going to be calm and collected. And as soon as he popped up on the screen, I started. That went out the window. (laughs) I started hand on him. I was like, way to be cool, Steph. (laughs) Way to be cool. That's so terrific. (laughs) Terrific. Well, Fred's. Our next guest has had an incredible career in entertainment that spans four decades. He's an actor, director, filmmaker, country music artist, and he got his first big break at age 18. 18. Crazy. When he was cast as Bo Duke on the iconic TV show, The Dukes of Hazzard. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Mr. John Ah! Schneider. John Schneider! Hello, sir. Well, hi. How are you? Oh my gosh, we're so excited. Fantastic. I can see that. It's just wonderful. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, first off, thank you for saying yes to us. And second, we are curious, even today, do people, when they see you in public, do they still accidentally call you Bo? Yeah, it depends on their age, you know, because I did Smallville for 10 years. Also. Right. Yes. Uh, and then I did a show before Smallville. I did it, might have been after. I honestly don't remember. I did a show called The Secret Life of the American Teenager. And there's a certain demographic that will know me from that. But I also did Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Yes. So there's a group that knows that. I did Nip Tuck. I did Leverage. Uh, And recently, I did nine years with Tyler Perry in a show called The Haves and Have Nots. Yes. So it really depends. It depends on the age group. But there's nobody that doesn't know Dukes of Hazzard. Nobody on the world, except maybe Joe Biden. But he doesn't know (laughs) Joe Biden. He forgot it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. John, don't get Steph started here, please. That is awesome. It needs to be. It needs to be. Okay. <laughs> Let's go back to Dukes of Hazard days. Tell us okay. the story of your auditioning for Dukes of Hazard. Yes. Is it true you told producers you could do stunt driving? Oh, I told them that I was, uh, they were looking for um, Southerners from 24 to 30. Uh, that lived, you know, they weren't looking for actors at all. They're looking for hillbilly folk. And uh, I was 18 from Mount Kisco, New York. So I'm from Westchester County, New York. So, of course, I told them that I was uh, I was 24 from a farm in Snailville, Georgia, which doesn't even exist. <laughs> and that I had just uh, I had just graduated first in my class at the Georgia School of High Performance Driving, which also didn't exist. <laughs> But I, And I did. I walked in with a six-pack of beer. I drank a beer in the waiting room and then brought my six-pack with me as I, as I came in to, to audition for the show. At 18. Um, at 18. But, you know, the reason I had the gumption to do that is that I had been doing theater for a decade. I'd been doing theater for 10 years prior to that. So I started at eight years old. So when people talk about it, as far as what was my big break, my big break was not Dukes of Hazard. My big break was realizing that this was what I was born to be, which gave me the nerve to do things like that. I mean, I snuck on the set of Smokey and the Bandit 
years later, when Burt Reynolds became a dear friend of mine, he said, you're that, you're that kid. (laughs) No wonder you climbed the fence and and said, no wonder you're famous. (laughs) Yeah. So your big break is not necessarily what the world thinks of as your big break. Your big break is realizing what it is you're supposed to do. Uh, In my case, I think that everybody is designed to do something very specific. And until you come into contact with that and realize what that is, you're kind of treading water. So I was ready. I was ready for the Dukes of Hazard opportunity, but I seized it with both hands. There's a mythology out there that wants to believe that I was, you know, working at a turnip truck somewhere and just kind of Dukes of Hazard fell into my lap. And that could not be further from the truth. I had to recognize the opportunity when it came around. You know, a lot of people say success is where preparation meets opportunity. That is true. But if you don't recognize opportunity when you see it, you'll miss it. So I tell people, I wake up every morning and I, it's three very important words, expect great things. Yeah, that's good. So if you don't expect great things, you will miss wonderful opportunities every day. So I want to know, once they hired you for Dukes of Hazard, when did they find out you were from New York and you were 18 years old? <laughs> they figured out the Yeah, the you're like, uh... Well, yeah, they found that out when uh, I wasn't a member of SAG yet. We'd done five episodes in Georgia and I was not a, a SAG member, uh, which, is, which is bad. But I was 18 and even back in uh, 1980, uh, pardon me, 1978, it was like $1,500 to join SAG. Um, I had I had the work because, like I said, I've been doing it quite a while. I had the work to be eligible to join SAG, but I didn't have fifteen hundred dollars. So when I had to join SAG, that's when they found out that I was from New York. And uh, now that I'm remembering back, I think when I joined SAG, I lied because <laughs> I was I was worried. I did. I lied. I was worried. It took like. 30 years for me to get my actual birthday, which is 1960. They had me as 1954. So I was in a, a you know, at 18, right, you know, right. about that. but later when, when benefits come into play and they find out you falsified your, your original SAG document, you lose all your benefits. Right, so that's important. I had to straighten that out. Right. So John, because of you as a child, I would roll down my parents' windows and of course, jump through the windows to get into their car, right? Well, not, yeah, why not? Why not? Honestly. Now, I wasn't allowed to slide across the hood of their car, right? Because I was afraid I was going to uh. dent it, right? But I was telling Steph, when we were talking about you, I'm like, Steph, I can only imagine how many people have wrecked their car trying to jump train tracks or a hill or anything like that. Oh, yeah. You know, you've got that, you've got that road that has that dip in it. <laughs> yes, yes. So from fans... What's one of the funny stories that people have shared with you that they repli- tried to replicate something you did on the show, whether it's running from the cops or jumping train tracks or whatever? Well, they have to be the right cops. They have to be friends of yours. Do well, not true. run. I do not advocate running from the police. Okay? One of the best stories I heard uh, was a, a family who had a big station wagon. We have a, a 72 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser. It's like 20 feet long. And it's, uh, I think they used one in uh, National Lampoon. I think they drove. So anyway, this was a family who was a a, uh, fun, well-to-do family in Salt Lake City, Utah. And the kids were big Dukes of Hazzard fans. And they wanted their dad to jump the, uh, jump the train tracks. Like you said, there was a set of train tracks in their town. 
And finally, the dad, the, the dad agreed to do it. He floored the car. He jumped the tracks. The two front wheels came out and they wound up in a ditch. And the kids were applauding and loving, <laughs> loving, loving dad. And the reason it's, it's a better story than you think is that the, the young man's name was Steve. The dad's name was Bill. And their last name is Marriott. No. What? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Steve, who sadly is no longer with us, uh, they're great friends at Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, our first corporate sponsor. But Steve wanted to make sure he told me that story, you know, because you see the pictures of Bill Marriott and Bill Sr. with their blueprints and, you know, they're very stoic. But he did jump a station wagon. (laughs) He jumped a station wagon over the train tracks because of Bo and Luke Duke. Just wrecked the family station wagon. Just wrecked it. Because the kids. Come on, Dad. Well, why not? Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. No matter, no matter where you get, no matter how many hotels you have, if you, if you have a child that watches Dukes of Hazard, one of these days, you're going to jump the railroad tracks. You just can't avoid it. I want to know, once Dukes of Hazard was on TV, when did you guys look around at each other as a cast and be like, this is going to be something? This changed my life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I went to high school in Atlanta. And like I told you, I snuck on the set of Smoking the Bandit. What I now call Southern horsepower comedy was king of the box office at that point. So I was 18. I loved cars. I I had friends who took engines out of cars with a a block and tackle on an oak tree. You know, so I am that kind of a guy, even though I'm from New York. I'm from a very rural, small, small town in New York, by the way. It's actually called the village of Mount Kisco. Oh, wow. But I it never occurred to me that this wasn't going to be the biggest thing on television. And I was right. So I, I, I wasn't surprised it was a smash. I would have been shocked if it wasn't. And not because of me or any, just because of the tone of the time was drive a car like nobody's business, run away from the silly police officers, get in trouble for doing that which is right rather than for doing that which is wrong. But I tell you, I was in Palm Springs and I heard that my picture was in Us Magazine. So I went to every 7-Eleven and every place I could to find an Us magazine. And I finally did. It was like two o'clock in the morning. And I went to this liquor store in the middle of Palm Springs. And I bought this Us magazine. And I'm looking through it, looking through it. And finally, in the back, about the size of, of a thumbnail on your phone now, if you have a YouTube channel, was a picture of Tom Wopat, John Schneider, and Catherine Bach in this new show that was coming out that week. So it was uh, the third week in January, I think, 1979. But my picture was in Us magazine. (laughs) I thought that was the coolest thing. And then the next milestone, people don't even know what TV Guide is anymore. But when when you were one of the answers in the TV Guide crossword puzzle in the back of TV Guide, you had made it. And uh, I remember when that happened, too. I'm so glad that I was part of a three network world because people who are, are TV stars today, they have no idea of the power of three networks because everyone was aware of every show on television. They didn't necessarily watch it, but they were at least peripherally aware right. of uh, Knight Rider or, or any of the shows that were on Barney Miller, Taxi. Magna P.I. So it was great. But now, I mean, there are shows... I wouldn't know anyone from Yellowstone if they were standing in the next room other than Kevin Costner. Right. 
That's all. I mean, I had no idea. Uh, I wouldn't know anyone from uh, The Walking Dead except for friends of mine who I'm told are on it. So it's a, it's a different world now. And even more challenging back then to get on TV because there's only yeah. three three networks at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had to uh, you had to be something. You couldn't really just luck into that. Yeah, and not that people luck into shows now, but nowadays there is a certain uh, panic about we got to get this show cast because we're filming in two weeks. So there is a little bit of the tail wagging the dog now that didn't exist back then. Same thing with music. I mean, I was in the uh, I'm still in the music industry. Just released my 25th album. Oh my gosh, John. That's fantastic. Yeah, and it's the best music I've ever done. It's called Southern Ways, which, you know, may be odd for a guy from Mount Kisco, New York to come out with an (laughs) album called Southern Ways. But uh, I love the South. I love love all things Southern. I was enraged when the Dixie Chicks took Dixie out of their name. I was embarrassed by Lady Antebellum, Mm. who now is, is Lady A. Number one, who cares? Number two, who cares? Number three, who cares? Um, so I'm, I'm raising up things that are Southern. If you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at kevinandsteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. John, for all of our guests, I give listeners some fun facts to give them an idea of what our guests have done. And Steph does not know any of this. So you're going to see her true reaction here, John. All right. So, and I got to tell you, this is the first time I had to cut these down because, I mean, just looking at his IMDb page, he has 171 film credits to his name and TV. So here's the first fun fact. He already mentioned it. John began acting at the age of eight. He was in plays in New York City before he moved to Atlanta. And one of the first things he did, he was a magician. That's right. Can you tell Steph the story about doing something like Harry Houdini and just completely oh, yeah. freaking out your mom? <laughs> when you do magic, and by the way, I'm a lifetime member of the Magic Castle in, in Hollywood. So, oh, wow. Uh, and I, I wrote and directed the last episode of Dukes of Hazard, and it's where uh, Roscoe makes Boss Hogg disappear. So magic has always been a part of my life. I love magic. So when you're a magician, a young magician, especially, you experiment, try to find out what you're best at, uh, and you invariably will get into escape magic. So I had some friends of mine take uh, about 100 feet of clothesline and about 20 feet of chain, some handcuffs and a padlock, and rope me and chain me and padlock me up. And when my mother got home, they pushed me into the deep end of the swimming pool at our apartment complex. And this is age eight? No, no. This was, uh, we were in Atlanta by then. So I was probably 14, maybe 15. Okay. Still. Um, yeah. So um, part of magic, part, especially part of escape magic, is you get yourself free from it as soon as possible and don't let anybody know. So as you're rolling around and struggling, you're, you're already out. Okay. And then you hold your breath as long as you can and make it look like you get out at the very last possible moment. So I did that because I was really good at it. So I did that and I got up out of the thing and, and uh, my mother was just livid, livid. 
And she did say, you know, if I had drowned, she'd have killed me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was pretty fun. That was oh. pretty fun. Steph, can you imagine? No. As a mom? No. You know, I had people ask me that question, and they pose it like it was a stunt magic trick gone wrong. And I said, it didn't go wrong. I'm here. <laughs> okay? You know, they want to, somehow they want to say, did, did you drown when you were 13? No, I didn't drown. I lived. I'm here. Duh. Right. I crushed it. Just scared right. my mom. I scared my mom. Which is what every every teenager wants to do anyway, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> so in 2001, like he said, John landed the role of the ultimate father figure, Superman's dad, Jonathan Kent, in the CW's Smallville. The show ran for 10 seasons and became the longest running North American science fiction series. Okay. Can we stop there? No. Let me oh, keep going here. Oh, God. Okay. Unfortunately, John's character had an untimely death. That's what I want to talk about. In the 100th episode yes. of that season. So, you're probably going to ask the same question. I probably am. What is it like when your character gets killed off? And you're not expecting it. Yes. Like, what is that like? Are you like... You're is reading, this you're an reading April your Fool's script, joke? and you're just like... Da, 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 da. You're like, wait, this? I die? Wait a second. It sucks. It yes. sucks. It was terrible. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but that was one of the greatest hours of television ever. That episode is fantastic. So, it was, it was a great way to go out. But uh, I was not happy about it. I remember when I got the call, I was, uh, <laughs> I was at a car dealership in Westlake, California, when I got the call to tell me, you know, well, you're going to read a script and, and uh, <laughs> it's true. You're going you're gonna to go. And it was on uh, episode 100. A lot of times uh, history says Smallville was on for 10 years. But when you're in the fifth season and you get up to the hundredth episode, there's a, there's a belief. I think it's a superstition, really that producers and writers and people who run the show need to do something special for the hundredth episode so that you can push through that imaginary wall. Okay. Uh, and my death was, was what they chose to do. Was that um, wall? Oh, well, but they brought, I came back in season, uh, season 10. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. So in 2018, John was cast on the 27th season of ABC's dancing with the stars. He did. So we, we interviewed Kenny Maine a few weeks ago he unfortunately was the very first person voted off his season of Dancing with the Stars. Oh yeah, but somebody has to be first. That's true. Yeah. But John did very well. He lasted seven weeks, Steph, and then was actually asked to perform in the final episode of that season as well. Then this is my favorite one. John races cars. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's a driver of a model of the General Lee with fellow actor friend Jim. Caviezel, who was the navigator. Yes. Do you remember who Jim Caviezel was? Uh, you know I'm not good at this. He played Jesus on Passion of the Christ. Oh, yes! So John here has the closest thing to Jesus. He's got Jesus beside him. Beside him. Yes. In the car. God was my co-pilot. Yes. God was my co-pilot. It's like literally yep. Jesus take the wheel <laughs> in yep. the car driving. Like if you're doing something dangerous, I want Jim Caviezel beside me. That is so smart, right, John. Right, right, Well, he wasn't Jesus yet. He hadn't done the movie yet. Okay. Ah. But I tell you what, here's a great story. When we were going to do that race, he had the, the script with him. So he was going to play that. He was going to go to Jerusalem and film Passion of the Christ uh, shortly after we did the race. And uh, so he, he told me the story of how Mel Gibson had, had found this book and read it and said, I'm going to make this movie and put all of his own money into it. Uh, and at the time, Jim was 33, Jim Caviezel, JC, you know, there was a whole lot, oh, of, whole lot of things. Wow. So this was before Jim also did a wonderful series for, I think, 10 years called The uh, Person of Interest. So anyway, it was pretty cool. So Jim had to learn Aramaic 
right uh in order to to do that role and he was brushing up on his aramaic in the general lee while we were doing 130 miles an hour down the road in uh, ely nevada so that was pretty great so you could say god was my co-pilot that's very yep. cool final fun fact here okay john created the john schneider studios which is a 58 acre full service production facility in holden louisiana where he lives and that's where he films his movies and other independent filmmakers. So, John, can you tell us about your movie studio? Sure. We made a film called Stand On It. And we talked at length many times about bringing back Southern horsepower comedy. Because for some reason, Hollywood had kind of jettisoned everything rural. So we made that movie Stand On It, which is a tongue-in-cheek nod to Smoking the Bandit. With uh, Tyrus from uh, the Gutfeld show, Tyrus plays our Jackie Gleason role. So that movie did so well that we did a sequel to that called Poker Run. And in Poker Run, it's the same cast and crew. And now we're engaged in a car race that is basically uh, one hand of Texas Hold'em. You get the flop, you get the turn, you get the river. So you have to go to johnschneiderstudios.com in order to get these movies or download my app. It's called John Schneider to work on your desktop or on your iPhone or on your Android. Uh, and it'll take you to all the movies we make. Yes. Um, and I would really appreciate it. Because when you make your own films, it's expensive. But when you distribute your own films, it is exorbitantly expensive. But I refuse i refuse to be an independent filmmaker who secretly wants the machine that I fight against to distribute my product. I, I can't do that. I, if I'm going to be independent, I'm going to be independent from beginning to end. And that's what we do. So I appreciate people's support of the movies we make. And uh, I hope you'll go check them out at johnschneiderstudios.com. So listeners, like he just said, check out his website, johnschneiderstudios.com. Also, you can check him out on Instagram and Facebook, johnschneider.01 and johnschneiderstudios. Well, there you John, go. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Amazing. I enjoyed this so much. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, sir. I know we're at time crunch here, but thank you so much for saying yes. Thank You're you, welcome. Sir. You have a great day. Uh, remember, stay free, folks. It's very important. Stay free, always. Amen to that. Amen. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you back. See you, folks. Love, Judge Snyder. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tells a Good Story.